You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning, brother. Good morning. How you been? Been well. How about yourself, Gary? Uh, you know how it is, man. I'm I'm trying to hang in there over here. Of course. Now, how's business? It's uh, just really been robust is the only Look word I can that. use. Look at um, that. Oh, it's a robust uh, market. It right is. There, right? It is. And I thought it'd be a great topic today to talk about something that I've gotten a lot of activity on really in the last few months, which entails getting a second home or a vacation home. Because with home values rising so much, people are thinking about, can I put this equity to work or I want to expand my real estate portfolio? Um, People are sick of being in one house and want a vacation home or a property. Maybe they can put on Airbnb when they're not using it or a vacation rental site and generate some income, but also use the property themselves. So I thought it'd be great to really dive in on that. Can you do both? Does it have to be designated if you want to rent it? Does it have to be designated 100% strictly for for renting? Or can you also... You can absolutely do both. It's your property. Now, there's some different qualifications when it comes to mortgages for second homes versus investment properties, as we'll discuss. But you as the owner of the home, you could stay there a couple weeks a year and you could rent it out the rest of the time. Okay. All right. So then maybe let's start with this. Maybe explain the definition of a vacation or what many will banks will call a second home. What is this exactly? So a couple bullet points to, to point out exactly what the second home is. In like looking at a second home versus a primary home or an investment property. Okay. There's three types of properties, second home, primary home, and investment property. So the vacation home or second home are one in the same, and it's a property separate from your primary home. I don't mean to interrupt you. What do you mean? It's, but it can be an investment property. Partially, but the because fact you're that renting it's, it out, you know, you're making money. Sometimes, on it. maybe some people have a second home they never rent out. So the idea is but that if you're using it to rent out, let's just say, if you're using it a hundred percent to rent out, then it's not a second home; it's okay. an investment property. Okay. So a vacation home is separate from your primary home that's used mainly for vacationing or as like a uh, a cottage, you know, something sure. in addition to. It's usually located a certain distance away from your primary home. You're not going to buy a second home five miles from your primary home. The normal protocol is, you know, you live in Connecticut, you have your primary home, and then maybe you have a second home in Florida or in the Carolinas or maybe up on the Cape or in Maine. Those are the really common uses of a second home. And understand that mortgages for second homes or vacation homes usually come with higher interest rates than a primary home because they have a higher risk because you're not living there all of the time. So that's really how we can define the second home. But I want to be clear, you have to use the property at least some of the year yourself in order for it to qualify as a second or vacation home. If it is strictly an investment and you're renting it out 100% and you're never using it yourself, then if you apply as a second home, it will be mortgage fraud. It will not be considered a second home. That is an investment property if you're never going to use it yourself. 
Well, you may have intentions of using it. You know, what if you say, well, I have, I have intent, I, I, I'm going to rent this out, uh, f- you know, f- 50 of the 52 weeks, but I'm two weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to be staying in it. How, what, what, what does that qualify as? That then that would be a second home. But again, if you say something and you don't do it, I mean, you're committing mortgage fraud. You could be thrown in jail. People have been. They do check up on this stuff, you know? (laughs) So because a second home is going to be more favorable terms than an investment property, an investment property has the highest risk of any type of loan. So if you represent that it's a second home and it's actually an investment property, then you're committing mortgage fraud. You're signing federal documents saying that it qualifies as a second home, that you are going to occupy it for part of the year. I see. I look at an investment property as if you're renting it out to somebody to live in there permanently, like one family um, is going to be staying in this uh, secondary property, this investment property, what you want to call it. They're living there, um, whereas the rental property is week to week. You got a different family in it. You got this family. In, and then maybe you take a couple of weeks for yourself. Is that how it's distinguished? Or? Let, let me distinguish that because that's do. not how it's distinguished. Oh, I'm glad so I asked that. a second home slash vacation home, mm-hmm. you cannot use rental income to qualify for that mortgage at all. So the way the underwriter is going to look at it, even if your plan is to rent it on Airbnb or one of these vacation rental sites, for it to be considered a second home, they're looking at it as you're going to be there the whole time. Even if you're not, that's how they look at it. So you, they can't use potential rental income like they can with a quote-unquote investment property. So if you're buying a property that's 100% investment, we can use rental income to qualify you for that new mortgage. If you're using a home as a second home or representing it as a second or vacation home, then there is no rental income at all allowed to be used, which is why a second or vacation home is going to be a little bit more difficult to qualify for, but that's also why you're going to get a better interest rate. You're not going to need as high of a down payment, et cetera. I appreciate you making the distinction between a second home or a vacation home versus uh, an investment property, because it sounds like it, it can be, there's some gray areas in there, it sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, and you really want to get everything written out and defined and on paper before, so that you know you're getting the- I think it's, it's a get matter arrested. of- when you're going to get pre-approved for your mortgage, we're going to be asking questions about your use of the property. Be upfront, be honest with your mortgage lender and your advisor about what your intentions are so we can fit you in the right box because there is a gray area, but there is also a line that you cross where we have to do it as an investment property or we have to do it as a second home, you know, one way or the other. No, I agree. But you mentioned something a moment ago where, you know, the interest rate would be different. You know, Mm -hmm. I would imagine the type of down payment uh, that's required when buying a vacation home or a second home is also different. It is. So typically on an investment property, you're going to need a high down payment. When Mm -hmm. I say high, I'm talking about 15 to 20 percent on a single family, 25 to 30 percent on a multifamily investment. But if you look at a second home or vacation home, you only need 10 percent down. So it's a much lower down payment requirement, which, again, is why it will be more attractive. And the interest rates are going to be lower on a vacation or second home than an investment property, which is exactly why a lot of people look at it as a favorable option when they're looking to expand their real estate portfolio. Mm, Okay, I'm glad that's that's clear now. Um, There's got to be different types of loan programs that are available for second home, right? I mean, I so unlike a primary home. 
there's really the 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 big game in town is a conventional loan, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. FHA loans are not offered on second homes, like we've talked about FHA loans a lot in other episodes. VA loans are not available on second homes. You have to be a primary residence. So USDA loans as well through the uh, rural development, those are not available for second homes. Those mm. all are only available for primary. So okay. when it comes to second homes, the only game in town is Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac conventional mortgages. So there's not a lot of different options. If you have lower credit or complicated income, you may use a, a non-qualified or non-QM mortgage. Those have higher down payment, higher interest requirements. Those aren't really very common right now, but they are available. But by far, the most common is going to be your standard Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, conventional mortgage, 30-year, 15-year, 10-year type of fixed rates. And where do you get that? Just at your bank or your lender or whomever? You can get that from any mortgage company, whether it be a local bank, credit union, private banker like myself, or mortgage broker. Um, anybody will offer a second home product. While some may have differentials when it comes to the down payment and the interest rates and the requirements, they're generally offered by anybody that offers a primary mortgage, typically will offer a second or vacation home option. I'm just wondering why the interest rate has to be higher. Because you don't live there as your primary home. So well, what does that have to do? Yeah, so let's talk about it. If you're in financial hardship, let's say you have three properties. Mm -hmm. OK, you have your primary home that okay. you live in. Yep. You have your vacation home that you go to a couple times a year for vacation. And then you have an investment property that you rent out to tenants, like you said, a family that lives there full time. You lose your job and you have three mortgages to pay. What is the mortgage of those three properties? Which is the mortgage that you're going to prioritize? The home that you live in, that you lay your head down every night or the one where you go a couple times a year? Which would most people prioritize? Well, the way you lay your head exactly. down every night. Yeah, That's why a primary home mortgage is the lowest risk mortgage. That's why a primary residence has the best interest rates in the lower down and the lowest down payment options is because in the financial hierarchy, in the hierarchy of mortgage debt, that's your priority. You need a place to live no matter what. So that's number one. Then if we take it to the next step, the next one you're going to probably want to keep is the second home vacation home because, hey, I like to have my vacation area or I like to have somewhere that I can be for, you know, a second residence to get out of my main city or wherever I live. And the last priority, and we saw this during the last housing cr crisis, is that when it came to investment properties, a house you've never lived in, you barely know the tenants that are in there and you have no real affiliation with that house except that it was an investment to make money off of. People just let those go. They have no reason. If Again, if you have no job or a loss of income and you have to prioritize, investment property is going to be the last one that you're going to pay, which is why investment property has the highest interest rates and the highest down payments. It's the highest risk. Are you starting to see why? Okay. Yes, I am. So let's, let's look. If I bought a secondary home, um, and I am, it's, I, it's not my primary home. It's not where I rest my head you know, every, every night. Um, but you come to me and say, you know what? Um, I know you don't rent out your, 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 your secondary home. It's not a, let's say it's on a beach or on a lake or mm -hmm. something like that. Very you, know, common. You, you don't, sure. you don't rent it out. You don't rent it out. Um, there's, you, you there's no company. There's no middleman that mm -hmm. you go through, but I know you personally. Uh, 
Can I rent it from you for a couple of weeks? Absolutely. Can you do that? Absolutely. The same way you could rent out your primary home. You're going to go to Europe for the summer. But, but you didn't. But you you didn't go under under the investment uh, uh, program. Right. But it doesn't say you have to live there the entire time. It says that you're using it part of the year. So could that person say, "I want to rent this from you for the year"? Absolutely not. No. But if it's just a couple weeks, of course you can. Of course you can. It's your property. You still meet the guidelines. You're still using it for part of the year. That's, again, the definition of the second or vacation home is that you, as the borrower, as the one taking the mortgage, are going to use it for some time part of the year. If you rent it out the rest of the time, that's up to you. You can't use the income to qualify necessarily for that mortgage, but you at least can rent it out. Again, the same way if I'm going away for three months and I want to have a house sitter at my house, or I want to rent it to a friend of mine for a month or two while I'm away. Absolutely, you can do that. Okay, but is there a line in the sand that you're like? It's it six months. Is it? Do I have to be there six months and, and rent it six months? What is what is the the, the, the definition? Of... Is that you have to use it for part of the year? Okay. So even if you only Vague. live in the house for two or three weeks of the year and rent it out the rest, as long as you are using it for part of the year, it's fine. Again, investment property, you're not using it at all. It's a hundred percent investment, right. I, like I you get. said. But the second home, I agree. There's a little bit of vagueness, mm. but as long as you're going to use it for part of the year, that's fine. Okay. And I have a lot of clients that do that. They have a vacation rental, like you said, a lake, a beach. That's usually where people buy these as a resort type of area. Right. They're going to go down there certain weeks of the year, July Fourth or Christmas or these other times that maybe are good times to vacation. But then the other parts of the year, they're going to put it on a vacation rental site, or they're going to get someone that maybe. We'll rent it for them month to month or uh, six months or something like that. That's very, very common right now with the internet and how easy it is to find people for these short-term rentals. So that's not illegal. It's not out of the ordinary. Just, again, you have to use it for part of the year. Good to know. Are, are there any specific trends that you see coming right now, that, You know, especially in the, that pertain to the, the second home market? A huge trend that I've been seeing ramp up over the last 12 months in accelerate in the last six months are people that have a primary home that have a lot of equity built up and they're now looking for that next property. You know, mm. they are value the ability to have another property somewhere else in a more attractive location, um, resort area, etc. So what I'm seeing a lot of is people taking equity out of their homes by refinancing and cashing out and then using that equity, either a portion or all the equity that they take in order to put a down payment and pay closing costs on a second home. I have had a dozen clients do this in the last year easily that have refinanced their homes, pulled equity out, and now they either have that money sitting waiting for the right opportunity for a second home, or they've already gone and purchased a second home and with no money out of their own pocket. They've used the equity that was built up to liquidate and then have available, and it's paid their entire down payment and all of their closing costs. It's a great trend right now because of the increasing home value, so that's huge. And then some people are thinking that, hey, I, I want to expand my real estate portfolio. Maybe I already have a couple houses, a primary home, maybe a couple investments. And I think that because of the, the fact that people have been cooped up inside for a while, they value the ability to now have another house. So it's just given people that value is now top of mind that 
I want to have another house to live in. Not just an investment, not just somewhere to make money off of, but somewhere that I can go and lay my head for at least a couple weeks out of the year right. and get away from it all. So this is really accelerated lately. Then at what point would it be appropriate to consider purchasing a vacation home then? I, I think the biggest... The biggest revelation people need to have in order to move to that next property in this vacation home is you have to be comfortable with your budget. Because like I was saying earlier, a vacation home you're, or a second home, you're not going to be getting credit for rental income. So if you barely have enough money to pay your current mortgage on your primary home, you don't want to get a second home. You're not going to qualify for a second home. But once you're at the point where your budget is comfortable, maybe you've paid your mortgage down a bit and that equity has accelerated. Maybe you're making more money now than you did at the time when you bought your primary home. Mm -hmm. That's a great time to be looking at options for a second home purchase. And I'm not saying you have to use the equity from one house to buy another, but for most people, when it comes to this type of thing, we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. So it's either equity in your home, tapping savings, taking money out of retirement. And when you look at those options, the top of the list, if you can qualify, is to do a cash out refinance on your primary home or another property, and then use that money, like we've talked about in so many episodes, to buy another house, whether it be a second home or an investment property. Use that equity that's been built up to expand that real estate portfolio and increase your net worth. Okay. All right. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters radio show along with uh, Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. If you like what you're hearing so far, uh, I want you to write a couple of things down. Number one, their phone number, 860-413-3938. That'll put you in touch with Rob. Also, check out his website at robgw.com. And if you didn't catch any of that, I'll re make sure to repeat that at the uh, conclusion of uh, this morning's show. Um, Rob, what about... What about short-term rental opportunities with second homes, such as, you mentioned Airbnb or, what is it, um, is it v VRBO? Yeah, Vacation Rental by Owner is VRBO. I know there's a lot of other sites that do the short-term rentals. Right, right. So just so that we're all clear on what a short-term rental is, it's going to be where you're renting it out for a couple days to one person or a couple weeks, not long-term. So very short term. And that is a great opportunity that I see. I don't want to say most, but there's definitely a lot of people that in their head say, well, yeah, I can live there a couple weeks a year, vacation there, and then cover my mortgage by renting it out the other times of the year. And that's where the Airbnb listing and the VRBO listing can really be an advantage. And it all comes down to the great internet that we have nowadays where people can find any and everything when it comes to real estate online. And this is a trend that was accelerating for many, I would say the last four or five years that people have been using Airbnb, VRBO, and the other sites. And I would fathom that most of the properties on there are short-term rentals, meaning the owners may stay there a couple weeks a year and use it for personal enjoyment and rent it out for the rest. So those are great. But the, the important distinction that I want you to realize is that, like I've said two or three times already today, you can't use the rental income to qualify for the mortgage. So even though you may be able to rent it out for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month, because these short-term rentals oh, yeah. Yeah, can yeah. be quite lucrative. So even though that's the case, if you're classifying it as a vacation home or a second home, the underwriting guidelines will not allow you to use any rental income from that property. If you want to use rental income, then it's immediately an investment property, regardless of what you are going to do or your plans with it. If you need or want to use that rental income potential, 
It has to be considered an investment property. But so you're going to get a higher rate, though. You're going to get a higher rate. You're going to need a higher down payment and all that good stuff. But it may allow you to get a mortgage when you wouldn't be able to otherwise, because with a second home, you have assuming that you have a primary home. And I would say the majority of right. people that are going to get a second home own their primary home, sure. whether they have a mortgage on it or no mortgage, they at least own another property. So with that said, you have to qualify for two properties. If you're making... Twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year, or you know, have a lower income for your area, then you're probably not going to be able to qualify for two mortgages. Most of the people that I see get two homes have you know either stable or you know lucrative position where they can afford both. Some may not even have a mortgage on their first home, so then there's nothing counted against you except for the property taxes, the home insurance, and the maintenance fees if it's a condo or townhome that has those. So. You know, again, it's the situation where and there's a fine line, but you want to consult with a mortgage advisor early. You might have these great sites set on this great property and realize, gosh, I can't qualify for two properties. This second home isn't going to work. Find that out early. Find out what you need to do to get in position. Maybe it's a raise at your job, a co-signer or something else. Have you ever had somebody ask you or, or approach you with this scenario? Um I just came into, I don't know, $100,000. Just keep it simple. And uh, I want to buy two properties. Um, I want to put, I don't know, uh, $50,000 on one and Mm -hmm. $50,000 just to keep it easy. I know Mm -hmm. you you could say don't put as much down on one. We've had those discussions in the past. Um, Is that feasible? Have you ever had anybody ask you that and, and yeah absolutely can you buy two properties if, if not simultaneously at least with it in close um you can so i would take that client look at their overall financial picture look at what their credit looks like and what loan programs they qualify for and most importantly you know on the topic of of today's show is their debt to income ratio can they qualify for two properties without any rental income being used and we would do two pre-approvals for them, one for a primary home and one for a second home within those guidelines. Like you said, based on splitting the money maybe, or I would normally have them put a lower down payment on the primary home and a bigger down payment on the second or vacation home. But within that strategy, you could definitely do that. It's not realistic, I think, to buy both at the same time with how the real estate market is and what goes into a transaction and finding a home in the crazy seller's market we're in, um, you would want to buy that primary home first, get that in play, close on that, and then immediately move to that second home. But you already have the pre-approval done for the second home. You'd know what you could afford. If it's in a close proximity of time, Mm -hmm. we could even reuse most of the loan documents from the first one for the second, maybe even reuse that same credit report. We could just reissue it if it's within the timeline that it would still be valid. So I, I use that strategy with a lot of people that are not only buying multiple properties, but sometimes I'll have an investor come to me or a real estate guru that's got multiple homes that's like, I need to refinance three or four of these like in as soon as possible. So we'll use that same type of strategy with them to reuse a lot of the documents, the credit reports, uh, verifications, things like that, and just move them from one loan to another. Actually makes it easier, believe it or not, because <laughs> there's less paperwork for you to do as the buyer. And, and you as well. Right. Uh, then let me ask you a, a similar question, a similar question. Talk about maybe how someone could use equity then from another property to purchase a vacation home. So the 
the idea that comes to mind that we've mentioned a few times is the obvious one, which is to cash out refinance one of your properties. Normally, it's going to be a primary home because it has right, the right. most flexibility. Yep. And that'll give you the money that you need towards the down payment and closing costs on the vacation property. So that's that. The The second thing is along those lines is it's a great time when you're doing that cash out refinance to be looking at opportunities to shorten the term of your loan or stretch out the term of your loan. Everyone has different financial circumstances. I've had some people that were on like a 20-year mortgage that we do this and they go to a 15-year mortgage because the rates are so good and they're pulling money out, they feel good about going to a 15-year mortgage and paying their home off even quicker. I would say, though, the majority, if your idea is to buy another house, you're going to be taking on another mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. There's going to be another obligation. So the more common strategy I see is if you're borrowing money, you're going to lengthen the term of your loan, which will lower your payment. So maybe you had 15 years left or 20 years left on your mortgage. Now we're going to cash out refinance, stretch that mortgage out to 30 years which will sometimes even lower your payment. So imagine buying a second home, getting all the money you need for down payment and closing costs, and your mortgage payment doesn't even go up. It actually goes down. So I had a similar a situation like that where the, the couple had been paying their mortgage down aggressively for years. I think they had a 20-year mortgage, and they had been putting extra on the 20-year mortgage for like the last 10 years. So they had like only 10 years left, maybe even less. And we stretched it back out to 15 years. They got $80,000 in equity out, which took care of their entire down payment and closing costs. And their mortgage payment went down by 200 a month. Now that extra 200 they have can now go towards the new mortgage on that house. For them, it was going to be a house down in Florida. So that's how this can really work well. But you want to consider your goals for the next property. You want to think long term. If you're going to be retiring, is your income going to be reduced? You shouldn't be taking a shorter term loan and increasing your mortgage payment if you have that uncertainty in the future. So that's why the 30-year fix is normally the best option to keep the payment low. And then we also want to think out even a couple steps, which would be maybe five years from now, you're going to move to that vacation home. That's going to become your primary home. I have a lot of people that buy that second or vacation home five to 10 years before retirement. They go down there couple times a year, but then they say, you know, that's where I'm going to retire. That's my long term. So we want to then look at potentially refinancing that house. Once you move down there as your primary home, we can then refinance you as a primary home, which will give you better terms. Maybe we can cash out some equity. Mm -hmm. There might even be a reverse mortgage opportunity, which is only available on primary homes. And if you're living there in retirement and meet the qualifications, a reverse mortgage is something potentially to look at. But we just have to consider retirement, downsizing, and future plans. And that all plays in with you know, using equity from one property to buy another. Yeah, you're just stretching it. You're, you're that's. I mean, that's you that's could either way. Yeah, you just longer longer duration of payments. You know, oh, well, time always catches up with us whenever we get together, uh, folks. If you if any of the this topic itself or any of the other topics that we've discussed on this show uh, in the past uh, piques your interest. I encourage you to do a couple of different things. Number one, check out Rob's website, robgw.com. Again, it's Rob, R-O-B-G-W.com. Also, if you'd like to make an appointment, maybe you've got something private you'd like to talk to Rob about, certainly do that at this phone number, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that for you. 
860-413-3938. And if you've got a question, maybe we can get it answered right here on these very airwaves as soon as next week. Or if it's of a private matter, you can also email Rob at Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Again, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. For Rob Weinberg, I am Gary Byron. Until next Saturday, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.